Father, we thank you uh, that we could be in the house of God this morning. I pray that you would open the hearts and the ears of the hearer today, that we would hear the content of this message. The, the body of this message is so la- life-transforming. God, I pray for Pastor Carrie, my wife. I pray that you would anoint her today, God. Give her, give her the words to say from this minute forward, God. Let her forget that she's in a room with people listening to her. Let her speak as if it's just her and the Holy Spirit communing together today. And Father, just release the anointing upon her right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> good morning. You're good, honey. How is everyone this morning? Amen. Well, the message today is called Step Away from the World. And you can even say step away from my thoughts or my mind is where this message is at. Do you know that the Bible, God, has called us to be different? Kind of ringing a little bit up here. (laughs) The New King James Version says we are to be a peculiar people. The New King James describes us this way in 1 Peter 2.9. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. This is a proclamation. And if you don't know what a proclamation is, it's a public or official announcement especially one dealing with a matter of great importance, I want you to let that soak into your soul. Let it soak in. In Deuteronomy 7, 6, it says, You are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all people on the face of this earth. That's straight from the word of God. I'm not making it up. I'm not just giving you words to tease your ear and to tickle you and to make you feel good. He has called you. He has chosen you. He has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Too many of us have been bound for way too long. We've been bound by the words in our head, by life, by the world. We are to be stronger. We are to be different. We are to be better. We are to be holy. You are a new creation. So maybe you're thinking, this is how it's supposed to be, and this is what God has planned for us. Why are so many Christians struggling? Why are we depressed? Why do we look so much like this world? Why do we just blend in? Here's what I believe. The reason is because we have not been transformed. We have not stepped all the way into our calling and what God has called us to be. We've asked Jesus into our hearts, and we have eternal life, and we have a future, but now today we still not have been transformed so that we can be different, so that we can stand out, so that our lives are so positive and so radiant and attractive that people want what we have, which is Jesus. Twelve years old, I invited Jesus into my heart. I had an incredible youth leader who was my secretary at my school, and she invited me to her church, which was just a block down from my 
house so I could walk there. You know, parents don't let you just go with anybody, even then. And so I was able to walk. And during that time, at 12 years old, I would walk every week to this church. It was a non-denominational church. And I gave my heart to the Lord, and he sparked an ember in me. But at that point, it was just an ember, just a little glow. And I continued going to this church. And the summer that followed my seventh grade year of school, I got to go to youth camp. And that same youth leader spoke words to me of encouragement. You'll never believe it now, but I was so shy, you didn't know I was around. I sat in the corner, and I could hide. I was tiny. Nobody, they called me the church mouse. They didn't know I could talk. I was happy with that. (laughs) And I got to go to camp, and this youth leader, she had this little rabbit car. And it was so funny because I remember going to camp, and that car, we, we had to because it was a steep hill, and it wasn't Cedar Crest, but it was another one up in another mountain, but it was a steep steep hill. And she said, okay, guys, if it starts stalling out, we're going to have to push. So we started singing, yes, I can, yes, I can, yes, I can, yes, I can, yes, I can. And then the car started going, and we got there. And it was so exciting because I had no idea what to expect. I had never been to camp before. I didn't know what it was. I never even knew what camp was and how it was going to be. But Jesus sparked something in me. There was an excitement and an anticipation. And I was 12. And then I turned 13. At 15, this youth leader was told she couldn't be our youth leader anymore because she was a woman. And women were not allowed in leadership at that church. A new pastor came along and he, he told her no. And her husband wasn't going to step up to the plate to step alongside of her. So, but this youth group, I have to tell you, when I started with 13 kids, when this pastor was telling her that she had to step down because she was a woman, there was 250 kids in that church that were coming because they felt something. They felt love, and they felt encouragement, and they felt strength, not because of her, but because of her obedience. She left the church, and I couldn't go because I still couldn't drive. (laughs) My parents wouldn't let me ride in her car except for to camp. But she brought me something, and that was love and compassion. That same year, because I didn't know where to go and what to do, I was raped. I was broken. I couldn't go to my mom because of her health issues, her mental illness. She, wouldn't, she didn't understand. She wouldn't have embraced me the way I needed to be embraced. I didn't have a church family that I could go to anymore. And I felt very lost and very broken and very let go. But Jesus was still there. But I hadn't started the transformation. I didn't know what that was. I didn't know what that love was that only God could give me. So I wandered around, and I was very lost, and I was very just gone in my mind. And I went from boyfriend to boyfriend to just out there. I may not have gone to the extremes that some others have of drugs and alcohol, but for me, I was just out there. And I didn't know that love and that tenderness that God wanted me to know. The Bible says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. That's in Romans 12, too. 
I didn't know what that renewing of my mind was. At 17, I was invited to another church, and I went. But I was on three different medications for anxiety, sleep disorder, and depression by that point. I also had an eating disorder. Even though I was a diabetic, I would go from eating way too much to not eating enough, back and forth, back and forth. Because that's what the world was like for me, was just back and forth. I was being swept away back and forth. My mom just knew the mental side of things. My family just knew the mental side of things. I was told from my entire life, you're just going to end up pregnant by 15. You're just going to be out there. You know, this is just how the Turners are. This is just how the Nelsons are. That's just who you are. Just accept it. Just accept it. But that's not what God wanted for me. That's not what God called me to. God called me and set me apart at 12 years old. He brought somebody into my life to speak words of life to me and encouragement. And I accepted Jesus into my heart. But my transformation hadn't started. I didn't know what that was because it hadn't been taught to me. I didn't live in it. It hadn't been encouraged in me. Most of us like to hear and see new things and useful things, you know, houses, cars, clothes, so forth. The word new is used many times in the New Testament to describe various aspects of the gospel. We read of the new covenant, the new man, the new commandment, the new and living way, the new heavens and the new earth, the good news. The gospel shows us about a new beginning. Jesus being born again. Jesus called it being born again. And that's mentioned in 1 John 3, 1 through 5, the new birth. And you'll see the scriptures up there. And it's about a man named Nicodemus, a ruler of Jews. This man came to Jesus one night and he said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher and you come from God, for no one can do the things that you do and the signs that you show us unless God is with you. And Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born again when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, and I could see Jesus talking to him like a teacher. I taught children's church for the last eight years up until we came here. And I can imagine him just being down at his level. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. When we are born again, we become God's new creations. And this, we come to possess several things as a result of God's grace. Here I am at 17 on three different medications. And this church embraced me and loved on me, just like many are here when they come into Grapevine. We've been told several times since we've been here in almost a year, you have a loving church. They just reach out and they love you. They're not allowed to get donuts until they do. Um, <laughs> but there's more to it than just that. The phrase in Christ contrasts what we were before our faith. Our old position is without Christ. People of the earth are very different in numerous ways. We are male and female, 
red and yellow, black and white, as many of us are taught as little kids. We're rich, we're poor, we're tall, we're short. <laughs> I'm short. I, I do not make any qualms about that. I know I'm 4'11", and I can't even claim a quarter of an inch. I'm short. But these differences, they all will cease to matter in eternity because that's not what eternity is about. The greatest difference will still matter, and some of us are in Christ, and some of us are not. Before becoming Christians, we are, we are without Christ. We're without God, and we're without hope. Ephesians 2, 12 and 13. That's what that talks about. At the time, we were without Christ. We're aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of the promise, having no hope and without God in this world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. We've been brought near. All we have to do is accept it and walk in it and change our mind thoughts. The old man of sin has now been discarded, crucified, and buried. I gave my heart at 12 years old. An ember was sparked. At 17, it was prophesied over me that I was a new creation and that there was a calling upon me. But that little girl that was raped at 15 was still broken was still shattered and still didn't talk to anybody about it because I had nobody. I didn't feel safe. But that old man was now discarded because I learned a little bit more about who I was in Christ. I was discipled and taught and loved and encouraged. But because of church politics, again, I walked away from the church at 19 years old, and it wasn't until 22 when I came into a church. The youth pastors that were there when I was 17 and discipled me and loved on me. I walked down an aisle in October of 1998, shaking like a leaf, little faith, not sure who I was at 22, working three jobs unsure what God wanted me to be and who he wanted me to be, unsure of who I was in him. All I knew was who I was as Carrie, as somebody who suffered with anxiety, still not talking very much, was very happy to sit in the back of the church, but I could put on a good face. I could put on a good smile and make everybody think I was okay and that my home life was okay and that who I was in my house was okay. That, that mom that had hallucinations and stood in the bathtub screaming in the middle of the night because she thought there was things coming after her. Nobody knew about it. That was normal for me. That was everyday life for me. But that night when I walked down the aisle not sure even what I was asking for. God, I don't want to live that way. You say there's joy unspeakable and full of glory in your word. You say that's what we're supposed to be like. But I don't feel that joy. I don't feel that happiness. 
I wake up in the middle of the night, God screaming and hearing you. But I don't know how to answer and I don't know how to walk in it. I walked down that October of 1998 and I got on my knees and I said, God, set me free from this. Deliver me. Give me a hope. Give me a joy. Something I can call on. Something I can be resurrected from because this isn't normal. And I went on my knees that night because I had that ember in my heart. I had Jesus in my heart. I was 22 at this point in eight different medications for anxiety, sleep disorder, and depression and nightmares that would wake me up. But God had another plan. God had something different for me. And I came up off of my knees that night, and I've not been on medication since. I've not felt that depression since. I still have restless nights, but it's not because of anxiety, sleep disorders, or nightmares, and night tremors as they're called. No, it's not because of this man either. (laughs) I wake up now, and I'm praying for those that are suffering with those things. I'm praying for those who don't know which way to go because God has called me apart, set me aside, and he said, come to me. On that night, he changed my life forever because of obedience, because I walked down an aisle shaking and not sure of what God was wanting me to do, but he had much more. I'm not depressed anymore. I have a joy unspeakable and full of glory. I have a savior, a baptizer, a healer that lives in me, a soon and coming king that I know he wants so many more to come to him and to live the way he has called us to live. But I had to change my mindset. I had to change the nightmares. I had to change those feelings of insecurity. And even though I'm still scared sometimes to talk to people, that person at 12 years old, that person at 17, the person at 22 wouldn't be up here speaking to you. But God had another plan. He introduced me to an incredible man that's loving and gentle and kind and compassionate and funny and likes to embarrass me because he just does it. He likes to dance. He likes to make me laugh. But it's the joy in him that God brought together. It's the joy and the peace. We have a king of glory, and many of us give our hearts to him, but we don't give our hearts to the king of peace. We don't give our hearts to the daddy that wants to just love on us and embrace us. We have the eternal part, all right. It's really easy to give our hearts to him and say, I want to go to eternity with you, Jesus. But it's really hard to, let, hard to let go and let him be in control of our lives so that we can walk in peace, walk in strength. We have a new position in Christ It's easy to become the new creature in Christ, the new creation, but it's hard to accept our new positions in Christ. Do you know that God has a plan for many of you? Many of you never, ever hear that you are somebody worth listening to. Many of you never hear that you are loved 
unconditionally. Many of you never realize that you have a daddy that sent a son that gave us a Holy Spirit to be our comforter. We have a brother in Christ named Jesus that died on a cross for us so we would never have to feel hurt. And when we are hurting, we have somebody that's willing to be right there for us and to love on us. Many of us only see an old man that sins and loves to sin. Many of us only see the men who don't really care about consequences until they're caught. But we do have a new man in us, and our attitudes are different once we step out in obedience. Just like that song was just saying, walking down and shaking like a leaf and being scared. Sin at that point loses all its allure, and it's only times that we forget or we're careless and we're not reading our words and we're not praying that its effect is different. Sometimes we just don't realize how important Jesus is to us, how important it is to step out in faith and to speak to somebody about how much Christ loves us. Jesus is my hope and my confidence. Jesus is my story. Is Jesus yours? Is Jesus the one that's changed you? Because if you're just changing to change, you're going to fall back into same old habits. You're going to fall back into same old mind thoughts and speaking the same things. But if Jesus is your story and your hope and your confidence, your life is going to be different. People are going to say, wow, who are, who's, what changed in you? Because I wasn't a kid that ran around and was wild and crazy and people, and I, I didn't say bad words. In fact, to, still to this day, when I hear a bad word, I cringe. I don't like it. It's the Holy Spirit in me. doesn't like it, doesn't want to hear it. So I'm going to ask you, what's in you, maybe, that God wants to change in you? What's in you that's maybe still holding you back to that, maybe you didn't have that 15-year-old story, but maybe you had something that has hurt you and broken you and changed you? I'm going to ask you to ponder about that today. What is it God wanting to say? Because it's a part of your testimony. It's a part of who you are. That rape was a part of who I am, but it's not who I am. Depression is a part of who I was, but it's not who I am. What's in you that is a part of who you are, but it's not who you are? Because we are in Christ now. Fear, uncertainty, and faith so small is sometimes all people ever see in us. Not the God that saves, delivers, and changes us. We are new creatures in Christ. The old has passed away. The new life is ours, 2 Corinthians 5.17. All we need to do is step out 
of our fear, step out of our insecurity, and step out in faith and accept it. We have to do the work of obedience. We have to do the work of change. We have to say, that is not who I am. God, what do you see in me? Who have you called me to be? Mr. Mike, I heard you did a great job last week. I heard you stepped out and you shared about your faith and you shared about who you were as a teenager. God has so much more than that. So much more for you and Jackie. So much more. Because that's not who you were or who you are. That's who you were. But you are now a man in Christ. God wants us to be transformed so we can be the beaming lights on a hill. That's what his word talks about. That light in us. When I gave my heart at 22 again and I said, change me because this is not who I'm supposed to be. That's what people are attracted to now is that light, that flame that that is like a fire in me. I love that song, Set a Fire, because that's what God has done in me. Is he set a fire that's burning and strong, and it's not going to be quenched by any words anymore. It's not going to be quenched by the words that were spoken by my family that said that's all you're going to be is 15 years old and pregnant, 17 years old and pregnant, 18 years old and pregnant, because that's all your family was, and that's what you're going to be. That's not what I'm going to be. I'm going to be who God has called me to be. I'm going to be who God has set aside and apart. And that's what he's called you to be. I want to show you who the one true God is in me. I want to show you eternal life that Jesus Christ has given to me and I don't have to do it with sadness and despair but I can do it with joy and love and peace go ahead and come on up Mr. Mike God has given me a new beginning in Christ and he wants to give you a new beginning in Christ and maybe you have accepted him and you've asked him to be in your heart but I'm going to ask you what is it that's keeping you from living out joy in your life, living out fullness in your life. Your life has begun at least once because you're all here. But maybe you're still holding on to your past. Maybe you're still talking the same old way. Maybe your mindset is still the same old thing. Maybe you need to come up here shaking like a leaf. Maybe you've been banging your head up against the wall and saying, I don't know how to surrender. All it takes is stepping out in obedience and asking the Lord your God to change you and transform you. And letting go and letting him. Don't take that mindset the same way. Because when I got up off that floor at 22 and asked him to change me, to lead me, to guide me, to direct me, I had to leave the medications. 
I had to say no more depression in Jesus' name. And that wasn't easy because it's all I've known. When I got up off that floor, I had to take a step of obedience. And there were some things that God wanted me to let go of. And that was the fear, anxiety. If you've never had an anxiety attack, you've never felt that crushing fear that says you can't do it. had to leave that behind because that was a sin in my life. Anger was a sin in my life. Because with depression comes anger. Because you want to be set free. You want to let it go. But it took stepping out and saying, I am not that person. God has given me joy. And living with joy, not as a fake joy, but living with peace in my heart. Because many of us, it's really easy to ask him to be our king of glory, but it's hard to ask him to be our prince of peace. It's hard to let it go and to say, I'm going to let that fear, I'm going to leave it there. And every time, and let me tell you, I have fear. This morning, getting up and sharing about this, I was fearful. And Miss Jack even said, just breathe, take a deep breath. Because it is hard to have him be my Prince of Peace. It's hard sometimes not knowing if I'm going to go to the left or to the right, but just waiting. It's hard (laughs) putting our faith in something we can't see. It's hard to say, I'm just going to let it go and I surrender. But that's what I'm going to ask you to do this morning. If this message has touched you in any way, I'm going to ask you to come forward and take a step of obedience so transformation can happen, so joy unspeakable can happen in your life. And I'm going to ask you just to come down. You may feel led to just get on your knees. You may feel led to put your hands up. But I'm going to ask Mr. Mike and Miss Jackie to sing that song one more time. It's called Hold Me, Jesus. And I'm going to ask you to let Jesus hold you today.